Hey guys, welcome back to Indie Talks on Pixel Response. I'm Paul, and as always, I have Nathan with me. Hello. And today we're excited to talk to Richard Hoffmeyer, as you know, the creator of Cart Life, Nathan's Game of the Year last year, and 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 my list as well, I guess. So this is a very special honor for us. How's it going, sir? Oh, quite well. Thanks very much. I, Nathan, I didn't know that um, you had such a steam for the game. I, I, w- I was going over your site uh, earlier this morning. Um, but somehow I, I missed it. Um, that's, oh, okay. No, it's that's fine. real sweet. Thanks so much. That's real fun. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I guess like some of the like explanations as to the specific things I liked about it will come out over the course of it. But yeah, uh, if anyone hasn't had a chance to play it, um, go check it out right now. I'm not sure what kind of discussion we'll have about it, but this is going to be general talk about the game and I'm, i kind of have just a bunch of questions about like i guess first it, it's a uh, the time limit of it like the deciding on one week of story time i'm just mm-hmm. kind of curious like was that just so like like i guess just what was the inspiration for that kind of constraint on the story so that it kind of just ends ambiguously sometimes mm-hmm. like just kind of the characters live on your imagination was that kind of what you were going for or yeah, it is. Um, I, now I can't say what uh, your experience must have been like. I've had um, two different endings with Andrus, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how many more are in there. But that's kind of a thing I like about it is just it lets you kind of guide, like help guide a character for a little bit, but then it just kind of mm-hmm. leaves it, and you're just like, well, I hope that set him on a good path. I don't know, like. It's just kind of an experience with characters I haven't seen in a lot of stuff. So, yeah, like, was there a specific game, or is it movies or literature or something? Like, what what was kind of? Well, it was it was tough to end uh, the work on on Car Life. It was it was a hard thing to put down um, mm-hmm. and kind of send send out into the airwaves, as as you might guess. Um, there's a lot more work that could have gone into the game. Uh, could have worked on this thing for the rest of my life and. All of the Windows compatible machines would crumble into dust, and I'd still be toiling away on this thing. Um, so I had to let it go. Uh, it was really my uh, girlfriend Jenny who was kind enough to really kick me in the ass and tell me to put that thing on the internet. So I, I did so, but I could have worked on it forever. But the the endings, um, in being abrupt or or kind of ambiguous, as, as you said, that was always the intention. It's it's pretty deliberate. Um, mm-hmm. mainly trying to communicate the idea of this week and you know if um depending on who you play and how you play them maybe the best reward is that they'll continue living in the way that you did together mm-hmm. hopefully that the, and then you get the idea and then that way the character can kind of continue to live on and you can you know make assumptions about their their future life and hopefully it's it's kind of a a conceit intended to keep the character alive after the story and so that you know they, they go on in the way that your friends and relatives do hopefully you know there will be a bunch of um you know my dreams there will be car life players toiling around the, the old folks homes of the future regarding mm-hmm. andrus and melanie and Vinny as former friends or family members of theirs that's mm-hmm. that's, that's my dearest hope <laughs> um but I, I don't know yeah it's um of the of the feedback uh that kind of stands out a bit, especially it seems um, with Andrus's maybe his better endings that people wanted to continue with him and, and maybe do a little better by him. 
maybe get a better oh. place to live and stuff. But yeah, yeah, my first ending went extremely terribly, which immediately prompted mm-hmm. me to kind of have to revisit it and just be like, I can't leave that like that. That was just terrible, and it was like, I guess another aspect of it is just like the the way the storyline is so connected to your successes and failures as a player of it is just kind of a noteworthy like aspect of it. Like, um, I guess what was like, was the initial kernel like dealing with finances? Was it just like how much people's lives are kind of like the ups and downs are like tied to their jobs? Was that kind of the point of inspiration? Like the initial, or I guess, yeah. What was the, okay, sorry. No, I I think you've got it. It's a, I mean, it's hard to, to say exactly, I and mean, it was a bunch of stuff. Uh, it's kind of, you know, a, a self-portrait in, in some ways. Uh, I, I guess I don't want players ultimately feeling like I'm trying to make them feel bad, or I'm, I'm imposing a guilt trip on their mm-hmm. on their leisure time. Um, that's not the intention, at least not explicitly. I mean, it's a. Uh, uh, I don't, I've always been kind of bad with money um you know i've had a lot of tight spots myself um i i guess uh it is kind of it's a it's a weird um thing you know i'm seeing other folks play this game um and so many of them regard it uh as kind of a guilt trip or or something you know a politically motivated portrait of the working poor um and it makes me kind of relieved that so many people are living well um yeah, I hope that doesn't sound callous. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. intend it to, but it's just it's kind of nice to hear that um, a lot of the, these folks who who play games and, and think about them and work on them, um, it's such an exciting time. But I'm I'm glad to hear that a lot of these folks are doing okay, mm-hmm. and that they can um, they can regard the circumstances as of Melanie and, and Andres and Vinny as being unusually rough. Um, mm-hmm. That's I mean it's good, and and things have gotten better. For me, it just you know gotten a little more work, and you know cart life is doing Im- implausibly well. Um, mm-hmm. No idea that I was going to even be able to buy a cup of coffee from game sales. So it's um, so things are better now. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. well, I, I know. Sorry, Paul. Like I don't want to relate your experiences, but you you said like the it kind of brought back memories of retail jobs and whatnot, right? Like at the convenience store. Oh yeah, like Andres's things specifically selling newspapers and coffee and yeah. regular customers and all those kind of weird little touchstones. Definitely, like I, I didn't, I haven't had that specific job experiences, but just kind of the life management stuff and like being a single guy with a cat and like all these weird yeah. things kind of made that much more easy to get into the lives of these characters, which. Just kind of little details and things I don't see happening very often. Like, they don't, like, a, a guy with a pet, like, why isn't there more stuff with that kind of life management? And I guess the life management side of things, I'm kind of curious, like, how did, like, do you have a larger list of things you'd have to deal with? Like, I was also thinking, like, hydration or yeah. having to go to the bathroom mm-hmm. for bathroom breaks, stuff like that. Yeah, or, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that one up. Um, I mean, for me, when I'm playtesting the game now to fix bugs, which, Again, it can go on forever. Um, but it seems conspicuously lacking <laughs> with this game's apparent allegiance to realism that um, there's no shit or piss in the game. You don't have the bladder urgencies, and you know, um, having spent well, I always took it as like at the end of the day they go brush their teeth and stuff. It's like that's bathroom time, maybe. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean that's fair, and I appreciate you doing that for me. You know, kind of <laughs> filling in the blanks for me. I, I do. I really appreciate it. Um, I, I'm always stunned. Um. 
when players of Cart Life are willing to kind of do some work on its behalf because it already asks so much of its players. <laughs> but but yeah, um, I, just specifically about um, you know the excretory life of these characters, um, it's it's one of the main uh, hangs of of car living um you know talk to any street vendor and they'll tell you especially if they're running the shop by themselves a push cart or um you know a coffee hut or something like that it's one of the worst parts is because you have to find a a a lull in the day where you know you know you're not going to have any regulars coming by um and so you got to lock up the stand and then you got to find some place who's going to let you use their bathroom which is problematic Mm -hmm. often um you know in, in bigger cities you know some places won't let you use the restaurant unless you buy anything, and then you're, you, know, you find yourself with like 45 packs of gum stacked up around the espresso machine just so that you can use the bathroom. It's a real concern, it's, it, and it's of the practical variety of concern that um, seems relevant for Cart Life to remark on. And, and mm-hmm. every day I'm kicking myself for not putting it in there, but um, I didn't want it to be too much like The Sims, I guess. Um, and okay, you know, it, as great as The Sims may be. For, for tackling that um, aspect of life and kind of forcing its players to confront the fact that they, you know, they smell over time and that they, you know, they have to, like, excrete bodily waste. Like, that's something that games shouldn't be shy about remarking on, and I just didn't put it into car life because I don't know. I, oh, okay. I was worried about maybe trying too much or... Well, it did seem hard. like there, there's more than enough to fill the player's attention and Definitely. fill the day. Yeah. So, like, I, I assumed it might have been on kind of a whiteboard somewhere. It's just like, we have to pare this down. Like, hunger and fatigue, that's that's mm. a better way yeah. of going about it, but okay. That's fair. I mean, again, I, I really appreciate you saying so. Um, <laughs> I, I think, I really do think it's a valid, it's a valid criticism. Um, there, there was so much that got eliminated from mm-hmm. the game, so much that had to be cut for time and just to get the game out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, like... Like you were saying, like you could work on it forever. I'm just thinking, like even within what you have, like just making more characters playable would result in kind of its own infinite task or whatever. Like, yeah. how did you arrive on your three protagonists? Like, that's well, um, right now, I guess there's something in the in the lineage or the heritage of, of games about having um, playable characters that cover a spectrum and they and they uh, reveal their special traits in mutual company, right? So, mm-hmm. like, um, I'm thinking of primarily like gauntlet or something like that or maybe super mario brothers 2 they have different characters and they have different special traits and you can um it exaggerates the uh gameplay choices that you make when when your characters are are better at some things and worse at others and so i wanted to make um you know these four different street vendors and their products kind of exaggerate the world of car life and, and there were originally four of them and this uh fourth character um, his name was Logan, and you can still buy hot dogs from him on the bridge, uh, Brennan Street Bridge, but he was a playable character for a while. But I thought his story was a little trite. Um, he was taking care of his sick dad, and he had a girlfriend. He was a salesman. He got a severance, so he started with a lot of money, but he had a lot of unforeseen expenses and medical care and stuff, and it, it seemed a little trite and maybe a little bit too sentimental. Um, oh, okay. But he had some he had some good dialogue because he's kind of an asshole. So, like... <laughs> dealing with customers and like um the cops like he could he could try to bribe the cop with a fine um to get out of a fine i mean and there was a whole subplot there and there's a bunch of stuff but um yeah the hot dogs were buggy had to cut him um but other stuff i mean um like 
Okay, hot. That would explain. Yeah, like as Andrus, I bought a bunch of hot dog stuff. Oh no! (laughs) Oh, all right. I guess I can't cook these. Oh well, I'll buy some gondola bars or something. (laughs) Like I wasn't sure. Okay. Well, um, if if you're having a a lot of bugs, I mean, hopefully, I I think the hot dogs are completely sealed up in the in the newest version. Where um, in order to buy them, you have to have a cooler. And the cooler oh. is only available to Logan, who isn't playable anymore. So hopefully they're sealed up. Um, but yeah, they're they're problematic. And and I I always say I'd, I'd advise against buying hot dogs in in your real life, in your time away from car life as well, for similar reasons. There's they're very problematic for a number of reasons. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. The, yeah, I, I was I, I was just like, oh, I'm assuming there's another card I could buy, but oh well, I'll just stick with this for now. But okay. Um, Trying to, uh, okay. Oh, okay. so d- different spectrums. Um, okay, I did read an interview with you that uh, you, you talked about boring entertainment as being mm. something you're interested in. I'm just curious. Like, I'm curious what like examples from other mediums you would classify as a piece of boring entertainment that you found interesting. Oh yeah. Well, um, I guess. Well, I grew up, um, and I was never good at it, and I didn't like to eat fish, but I liked fishing. Okay. Just because it's a negative space, I grew up in kind of a small town in Montana, and there's not much to do but bowl and go fishing. <laughs> Maybe I guess do homework. I guess there's that too. But um, yeah, I, I just like that um, people did this as leisure. I mean, it's always fascinated me that people go out there, and I mean, like kind of catching a fish is the worst part of going of going fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly, it's just to sit in mutual company in silence and breathe i don't know uh, i don't want to get too sentimental about it but um like that interested me at a super young age um all the like the toys and the circumstance the fish the the challenge it's all kind of a lie it's all just an excuse to go sit out and be alone or or to be with somebody but just shut the hell up for a while um, and mm-hmm. and i thought it was so funny um mm-hmm. just as a little guy and, and so as i've grown up i've kind of just been more fond of um the negative space i mean don't get me wrong i love super vibrant electric um sugar kind of entertainment um and it's been a good year for them i don't have to tell the two of you there's lots of good stuff out there mm-hmm. um but yeah um i get i mean you're asking about other medium i um man i don't want to be cliche but david foster wallace's final book that ultimately went unfinished was um about some tax accountants um and the transcendent boredom of their day jobs of going over other people's taxes um it's a super good book because you know without a compelling occupation the mind the human mind just um claws its way out and finds itself in some real strange territory and and boredom is what gets them there it's it's mm-hmm. transcendent in that way um you know uh, uh, some french movies do it um yeah i don't know i, I guess uh yeah it it just uh it just does it for me I, I suppose. How about I mean what about you guys? Do you just Look, I'm, I'm trying to think what would know. like what I would consider like a touchstone for that like um it might not like be a the, certain film called The it. World by Zhang Jiqia or some Terrence Malick films perhaps yeah. that are more kind of ponderous and slow down a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe, yeah, and I'm starting to think that maybe boring is isn't exactly the right word. It's kind of confrontational, I guess. Mm. When when I put it that way, maybe I just mean um, 
reflective or or introspective. Or, I, I, I like to use the word mundane, I suppose. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Because that that means something a little more specific, I, I suppose, and it's that um, it's stuff that's not often regarded within entertainment um, or the mundane specifics. But but they're the I think the, for me they're the most interesting because they're what unite us best um you paul and, and nathan and me mm-hmm. um the things that we probably have most in common aren't the fact that you know um the most exciting things about us separate us and, and it's the more boring things that unite us like the fact that we have to urinate occasionally or you know that we have um, dreams about work mm-hmm. or that you know we, we struggle to make change for a five dollar bill or something like that yeah right, yeah like yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it just, it definitely, like, one of the reasons I, I, like, regarded it so highly was just, like, a lot of games kind of are more preoccupied with making you a hero of some kind, or you have some high ambitions to do something crazy by the end of the game. And this was more like, you paid rent and successfully bought cat food. Good job. Which is huge in real life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that's, those small victories were so much more relatable. And it's just like, over the course of one week, all of this could conceivably happen. And that's really great. It like, doesn't go into the. Like I'm the almost cat out of cat food, at in real life. I am here. too, and it's <laughs> and it's a terrifying <laughs> prospect of mm-hmm. the next week that I have to get out sometime and go get it. I got to <laughs> switch brands again. Probably he's not enjoying this one. Yeah, my cat yeah, was puking be, too. You got to be careful when when your cat starts to vomit a lot. Um, make sure that you're you're not using some cat food that'll produce them. So what are they called? Solvite crystals? I can't remember. Yeah. Struv- struvite. Struvite is the word. And they, and then they have urinary block. It's very common in male cats. <laughs> so oh. This, yeah. to me, is it's it's horrifying much more so than like um Dead Space or something to me is yes. the fact that like your cat can get essentially a kid a fatal kidney stone. Like that's yeah. that's horrifying. Because of a decision I'm you not, made. Yeah, but it's yeah. yeah, it's it's and it also that it's so common among male cats. It's just how they die. Yeah, most it's a, it's um like that is a it's a mundane fact, but for the fact that it's so common, mm-hmm. um, it's much more horrifying to me. I don't know. That's like just weird. relating it to a moment in the game. There was like a weird little horror moment that Paul and I both had, where like it's, the cat it's got crazy. out. You get back and it's like, oh, what? Where's my cat? And I was like, I was really late today. Maybe it's because I didn't feed him on time. And he just left. And like, yeah. there was that little moment of like personal culpability in what happened. And that's just like, oh, okay, it was the landlady. Yeah, that feeling okay. of emptiness too. Like I've had that before, where I came home and somebody accidentally let the cat out, and you just feel helpless. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh man, my only friend. <laughs> and then your friend's like, hey, asshole, <laughs> I'm right here. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. I'm- I don't know, when I was a, uh, man, I'm sorry, I'm going to bore you with another childhood tale of Richard Hoffman, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. But it's, um, the it's when I was a kid growing up, we had a dog who loved to run out and roll around in dead carcasses. He'd find, <laughs> like, a dead squirrel somewhere and roll around in it, and it was his favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And he was probably born stray, and this dog, his name was Blackjack, BJ for short. And um, so every time I'd come home from school and open the door, I had to make sure he wouldn't run away, and sometimes I'd just be thinking about, like my homework or how like Mr. Wojohowitz kicked my ass in fourth grade math class or something. And I'd just be distracted. And then BJ would just bolt out the door and I'd never know if I'd see him again. Yeah. Oh man. And like, I, I know that that's kind of a sentimental little story, but um, like it's his nature and it makes you confront the idea that you're running an amateur prison. Yes. Uh, pet, I, uh, yeah, pet ownership is 
is it consensual entirely? I don't know. Is, is it? I mean, cats are, are a little more aloof. Dogs are more um, apparent in their affections. But um, mm-hmm. when you have to confront the fact of your amateur prison, um, it's a little disturbing in a number of ways. I mean, not only do you feel guilty for letting them out, but you feel guilty for forcing them back inside, too, and mm-hmm. or forever having kept them there. And oh, No, I, I've definitely been thinking about that the past couple of years just because, like, there's no other options for them in my family anymore. Like, I kind of got my cat because my family didn't want to keep him anymore. It's just like, all right. So like kind of a best case scenario for him in some way, but I do feel like I like it's what, what is it? Stockholm syndrome kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> the only affection you get is because the cat has, is relying on you. Yeah. So he's he's developed a bond with ways. you. Yeah. yeah he's mm-hmm. sitting there right now. It's just like, I'm sorry, but I, I don't know. It's just a weird, yeah, that, that, <laughs> weird relationship humans have with animals it's just like are they there for their own benefit or like are we really helping them or are we just kind of using them to make us feel better or something exactly and, and i yeah. think you can take that exact same angst and anxiety and extrapolate it i i, I don't think with too much reduction or, or or detriment i think you can take that anxiety and, and extrapolate it to all of society i mean certainly parenthood mm-hmm. and having a kid um yeah you know, entrusting your kids to a public school system, which is essentially a custodial role for public schools, and you know they're caretaking for for kids and, and that mm-hmm. dynamic as well. And then you start to think about civility and, and commerce at large, and this kind of mutual dependency that we have that's not entirely consensual, and everybody's kind of yeah, trying to find a way out of it. I, man, it's it's spooky stuff, and and it starts to kind of unpack. I think when you dwell on the mundane specifics, you can pop the seams and look under underneath the clothing of the whole deal. That's the intention. I, I don't know if I pulled it off completely, but that's what I was trying to do. Yeah. Uh, that that kind of like brings us to some of Melanie's preoccupations, like her picking up Laura and everything, like the the that kind of single mother like responsibilities and such. Um, I'm trying to trying to think like the, the school system stuff, like. I guess I just feel like I haven't necessarily investigated like all the stuff that could happen in that storyline. Like I only played that one once, whereas yeah. I've mm-hmm. done Andrews a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know how like explicitly like what to ask, but like, is there a lot of variability at the, in the endings for Melanie? Or like, I got oh, the yeah. sense that Andrus has a couple different ways that could go, and I've seen two very very different ones. But I wasn't hundred percent sure with the one I got with Melanie. It's just like, oh, I don't know. Maybe this one ends a little more concretely but maybe that was just yeah, me. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah it's a it's there are shades i mean i, I don't want to say that it's infinite but i kind of want to tell you that it's infinite because i want right. you to believe that you know so um, you can go back and investigate it's like oh, i don't know you yeah it's it. a it's a magic trick i mean there's a there are a, a, a several endings for each of the characters um but i i suppose that what andrus and melanie both share in mm-hmm. their their best endings is this kind of somewhat abrupt ending but i but that they're telling you both characters say so in their best endings is that things are going to be okay mm-hmm. without you without you the player without your agency without your control like they're going to live the same way that you'd lived together they're right. going to continue on and that's the that's the reward for for your toil and your careful hard work is that they'll get to keep doing it. That's what they, yeah. that's what you've you learned. You taught them together. how to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of got through the worst of it, and things are going to be okay. But um, but uh, you know, as, as things get a little bit worse, or maybe you don't meet all the demands, it starts to the shades become more clear. Also, there's a, a bus de- depot, and you can or uh, 
a train depot rather, and you can take the train. And that's another ending in it. Um, oh, for each okay. of the characters too, and, and oh. you know they can all do that. It's it's two hundred bucks, so not not everybody's going to see that, um, of course. Mm-hmm. But it's there. It's an option. There's, um, you know, you can. You, that's how the characters might quit. Um, I, I, it was always important to me from the very beginning of the game is that it, at the very least, no matter how this game gets made, you have to be able to win, lose, or leave at the very least. You know, you have to be able to meet the challenge, fail to meet it, or or skip town. Um, okay. At the very least, that seemed to you know the kind of spectrum of of options. Tr- now, like triangulated by those choices, I, I don't know. Is that like w- was were those options something like you started cart life with wanting to build towards, or were like those op- like play testing or something where people were like oh a lot of players want to do this, I should account for that, or was it no I I had this notion. Yeah, th- it w- it was those were there at at the beginning i suppose um the, okay the the question was how well to flesh those things out um i mean again i mean talking about how you could work on this game for forever mm-hmm. and it could be a whole life's work um you know maybe after you take the depot to a different tra- to a different town maybe you can set up a new card there if you still have money and it's a totally different circumstance with different people and it could be infinite in that way and right, then, right. i mean that's the that's the fantasy i i suppose of of cart life is that once you get past the conceit of it's not actually only a retail simulation, it's trying to do a little bit more. Once you, once you kind of, once that's revealed to you as, you know, in playing it, um, I, I, my, my dearest interest in crafting it is that the illusion is as complete as possible that you can, that you can really do, you can live these characters lives. Mm-hmm. You can live them fully and completely accept them. You know they they don't go to the bathroom. I'm really torn. <laughs> I know it's going in. It's gotta go. I feel in. bad, like I yeah, no, don't, I mention that early, but well, no, I mean like, like that's a work concern often, where it's just yeah, like oh is. crud, yeah, there's a big sure. line and I'm here, and I was just like oh, yep. I bet that would have been too irritating though. Like I yeah yeah, I, th- I think that's the only thing is that um you know it's hard already. Um, but it you know I don't know. Um, a, a while I, t- I talked to um Tarn and Zach Adams who made Dwarf Fortress, and mm-hmm. um I, I was trying a kind of failed career of um being a games critic and uh in the interview um i was really giving them a hard time about you know for all their allegiance to realism the the violence in dwarf fortress is beautiful and deep um you know the number of eyelashes that each of the fantasy creatures have is rendered in dwarf fortress you can you know like their guts their respiratory system everything is modeled it's unbelievable depth and yet you know, you don't have to manage a sewer system or any kind of like effluvia from these characters. There's no, there's no shit or piss cannons. You know, there's no, yeah. um, you don't, you don't have to manage, you know, there's, you know, like, um, it's a vector for disease. There's a number of practical concerns in running a, a small society that you do in Dwarf Fortress. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, a, that's like a real pragmatic kind of material concern. And it's, um, and it's done away with. They just, uh, they didn't want to be that game. And I gave him a really hard time about it, so I'm feeling especially hypocritical now mm. for like, you know, kind of wanting well, to make as realistic a game as possible and just being like, well, I don't want it to be, you know, embarrassing. It's a total right. cop out. Yeah. Well, it's such a weird, like, it's almost like its own version of the Uncanny Valley. Like, the more you aspire to reflect reality, like, you'll start noticing things that you can't do almost immediately because it exactly, so yeah. closely yeah. resembles 
so many other aspects of it. So it's like that's really astute. That's a very good observation. Um, but it, uh, simultaneously, I guess my argument, if if I would have done it, and if I I'm gonna pretend to make an argument for why I did put shit and piss in again, mm-hmm, is that right. um, you know it's it's um an opportunity to endear you to this person more and to give you a greater sense of living their life. And right. so like if you have a reflective moment on the John. Um, you know, or like maybe you're, you have a long line of customers and you really have to pee. Like that's something that yeah anybody can relate to. That sucks. Yeah. So I don't, man, I don't know. Sorry to dwell on this. I was talking about the one thing that's not in the game. It's kind of funny you bring it up actually, because my girlfriend played it for the first time this last weekend here and she absolutely loves it. She was playing Melanie's campaign and there was a part point where she went to the bathroom in it and she's like, why can't I just pee? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh. Yeah. I I don't know. <laughs> so oh, I'm, I'm always funny. glad to hear when um when women give this game a shot and, and get something out of it. It's um, mm-hmm. it's a it's a real interest of mine and is to kind of uh, pursue a female audience. She actually made me promise to tell you that she loved the game. So <laughs> <laughs> that's sweet. That's real nice. Um, it it does mean a lot to me. I I, I really seek out um feedback from from female players um mm-hmm. part of it is you know um in any kind of art you know whether you're writing books or more comics or making movies or you anything mm-hmm. if, if you're presuming let's see it's it seems a uh, presumptuous presumption to make to presume that uh a male could envision a female's life with this kind of proximity or that I could mm-hmm. try to, t- you know, that you, a male player and me, a male game maker, right. Can experience a female life together. or can tell the story of a woman, especially a mother. Um, yeah. it's, it's kind of a profane trespass. Um, like I don't belong in that territory. So it's, it's, it's so it's validating when someone agrees with what you've yeah, done with it. Exactly. I don't, I don't know if it's valid. I don't know if it can ever be validated because it's always going to be wrong. But yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's nice to hear that it that it works though, or that it's enjoyable, or that it um, holds water, or that it's seaworthy at all. That um, is inoffensive, is good. Well, that, yeah, I, I don't think of inoffensive is much of a virtue, but um, but I I, I smell what you're stepping in. In video I, games, yeah. it's I'm kind of you. a virtue. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, I, I yeah, it, it's there's kind of a sea change right now. Um, of and and it's part of this larger, um. You know, we're we're only starting this um, great future relationship where where you know games and and women, um, you know this this kind of ongoing familiarity, and as it happens, mm-hmm. um, so like the for me, anyways. I mean, it's all a matter of taste, but for me, most of the interesting stuff, uh, the writing and thinking that's going on right now is is kind of in the province of of feminism and and kind of um how to comprehensively reevaluate the materiality of of games themselves in in order to better facilitate you know a, a woman's perspective or a woman's playthrough or a woman's enjoyment right. and things like that it's super interesting to me um because mm-hmm. uh you know it, it's it's like a whole it's yeah I don't, I don't know i mean it's necessary it has to happen because um i don't know so so anyway I, my point is that um you know, my, my only playtester, really, you know, aside from a, a couple of really earnest and very helpful and sincere Germans um, who happen to, you know, catch all of my spelling mistakes, which is especially humiliating. <laughs> they speak English better than I do. It's kind of embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, it was my uh, girlfriend, Jenny. And so, um, 
you know, really, she uh, brought a lot to it. You know, she she's had a ton of jobs. She's a journalist now. She used to be a waitress. Um, and so we kind of like, between the two of us, I think, tried to pull this long con of uh, making a, a, a female protagonist. It's a tough one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so I guess I'd, I mean, I'd, either of you, I'd like to hear more about your playthrough as, as Melanie. I, I just um, uh, there there were like at some point early in mine, I kind of just made this weird decision, to just be like, I don't think I can spend enough time at work and walk Laura home from school all the time. Yeah. So it was I'm a weird juggling act. Yeah, but then that I don't know if it was just I was not finding stuff, but like there was definitely points where I would get home and there was just kind of nothing. Like she's already upset and she's up in her room, and I was just like, "All right, well, I guess I'll just eat more salad rolls and and wait around and look biscuits and gravy." Yeah, Yeah. like I guess like I don't like being very critical, but it's like I like maybe just leisure time is is there options like just watch TV or something or like that kind of. There's some. Um, there's a bookstore downtown. Um, yes. And, okay. And there are comic books, and and there's a couple of fiction stories and stuff. Um, in the in the next version of the game, there's a kind of a content mm-hmm. uh, fix. Um, in the next build, and so there's going to be a lot more books, and that you can watch the TV and and stuff like that. in the in okay. the next update. Because um, I mean, and, like, ideally, I'm not. I shouldn't be wasting these characters' time. Like they have important stuff to do, but it's just yeah. like <laughs> I don't know. Like I kind of just want to kick back for a bit so i don't wake up too early and or yeah, something it's, it's yeah. Good point. yeah you can um you can also read the newspapers as well um and there's a lot of um descriptions for each of the items like you can read the divorce papers and the permits and stuff mm-hmm. um there's a lot of content there but um i guess what's yeah i mean what's mostly lacking i mean if i were either of you i i would probably most find it worth um bitching about the relationships and how they lack um and the, and that's something I've tried to fix in the in the next version. So instead of just um, eating leftovers or or um, you know uh, just showing Melanie chew up the food that her sister made her for breakfast, they actually sit down for breakfast and they have a conversation. Oh, okay. So, like it's a little more because like there was the walks to school, yes, with Laura. But yeah, your sister you kind of don't interact with as often. But there yeah, there were some good scenes, I guess you could call them. But yeah, um, trying to think like. There was there seemed to be a bit of a difference in just the storytelling like devices employed between like Andrus has his dream sequences, but then I wasn't getting dream sequences with Melanie. But I I figured the substitute was the conversations on the way to school, like or well, it's it's the dreams are kind of reflective or they're intended to be of the choices that you make during your playthrough. So Melanie does have a lot of dream sequences that are kind of engineered. Some of them are more. Um, so I, I just wasn't being like getting into stressful situations or something, or well, I'd, yeah, I don't want to say specifically what they are. What triggers um, them? Okay, yeah. Sure. yeah, but but they're kind of um, if you have a number of components and they happen to coincide on the same days or something. So she does have a lot of a lot of them, but um, okay, yeah, so I was doing a pretty lazy playthrough or something. <laughs> no, 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 it's not that. It's um, it's, yeah, it's it's supposed to be kind of concealed or hidden. It's not supposed to come up every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of stuff in the game that that's that's kind of of that type. Um, it's hidden, or it's a, it's not exactly like a secret, because right. it's not as rewarding. You know, it's not you're not going to find like um, a bunch of one ups in a garbage can. But, yeah, yeah. You know, it'll it'll 
there's content there. There's there's a part of the character's story that can mm-hmm. change, or um, you know, people that they meet, or conversation that they have, or something like that. And that's the that's the only reward is just you know something kind of small, or maybe a dream, or um, you know, a, a weird conversation or a joke, or maybe you see something really strange. Um, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's supposed to evoke life. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe you do get an extra life out of it. No, that's no, forget no. no. Okay. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying. Like, just I'm trying to think what other highlights really from Melanie. Like, I guess I I I'm not very familiar with coffee, so I was happy to have my girlfriend there, who's worked in a coffee shop, to kind of walk me through oh. the ingredients and such. That was helpful. I was just like. What's an Americano? I don't know. Like this, that kind of fast-paced stuff. And I was screwing up orders and whatnot horribly. Um, but I guess, like between that and like newspaper salesman and everything, I, I haven't pl- played Vinny's story yet. But they all kind of relate, like make just real shopkeepers more relatable, I guess, in a way. Like you feel a little better for your barista at the local coffee store. Yeah. Post playing mm-hmm. it, like it's that. That's kind of a neat little. Not like I don't know if education is the right word but like because it's a fictional character but mm-hmm. they, they're reflective of reality and it does have sort of a a unique way of imparting kind of a social lesson maybe like how much time it takes to do one order sort right. of thing yeah or like people getting impatient or the importance of tips like i, I remember a, an early conversation that was important for me to like get excited about cart life was idle thumbs talking about it i'm not sure if you're familiar with their podcast but i uh, I listen to it every night before I go to bed. That's the one on <laughs> okay. life. Great. Their um, praise yeah. of, of this game it nourishes me so well. <laughs> um, I, I believe it was Sean Vanneman talking about um, the importance of a tip, and it was the first time he'd really reflected on how much of a make or break. I guess that's even more so like in the United States. Like I, We've been having conversations about minimum wage laws and whatnot in light of the Applebee's thing. I'm not sure if you've been keeping oh, up yeah. with Yeah. Like, it's just... Like that's another like way again to kind of let people have this little slice of that kind of experience, like what it would be like to for five dollars to matter that much to somebody, yeah. right? Well, it's it's interesting in how it varies by state. I think. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. card vendors, um, especially if you're you know a sole proprietorship kind of business, you're not making an hourly wage anyways. Um, you're you're just making a portion of the money that comes in that you don't put back into the business, right? And your personal right. expenses and your business expenses, they're all commingled, right? Mm-hmm. In the way that they are in cart life. Although there's um, there's no taxes in cart life. There should be. Is you should have to parse exactly how much of your income and do you claim your tips and the taxes, I think, would be another fulfilling I would, part of it. Um, I would love that. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I, I should probably put that in the next two, bill too, but... Um, but yeah, that's part of it. But anyways, like um, like waitresses, for example, or or baristas in some cases, it varies by state here uh, in the U.S. And so, um, in some states, minimum wage law applies, like Montana, where I grew up. And um, my girlfriend was a waitress there for a while, and I waited tables a little bit myself. And um, it was a great state to do it in. It's a pretty good job for that state because you got paid minimum wage as well as getting the tips. In most states, it's not that way. Um, you get you don't get paid the full minimum wage because your employee and your and the state and, and stuff they, they account for the fact that you're they assume that you're going to get tip income, and then so they they kind of average it and it's kind of you know it, it varies by state but for the most part you're you know it's it's not uncommon to find a waitress who's making you know less than three bucks an hour yeah because they assume that her tips will be uh, supplementary sufficiently um, right so it's it's not uncommon 
so it's a, it's it's a, it's a tricky job and um I, I you know tips is nebulous it's weird um i mean you it's it's kind of become fashionable i suppose lately on the internet to reddit i i suppose um you see a lot of complaints about um about how poorly you're tipped and there's a lot of sympathy uh for service industry workers and um you know servers and uh baristas um you know like somebody will write a snarky comment or stiff them on a tip or maybe give them a huge one and and, it, and it's it's relatable yeah it's understandable because the stakes are high i mean you know these people they got to do laundry you got to um you know you got to pay rent and you have like a a big pile of ones in your in your glove box or you know your your purse is full of quarters and it weighs a million pounds like it's it's a strange strange way to make a living mm-hmm. yeah I, 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 it seems I, I don't know if it's fair to like kind of that sort of relates to documentaries in a way to me like just that kind of representation of reality or like did you do that kind of like I've heard or I've heard some vague story about like you investigating what smoking's all about oh, yeah. to understand <laughs> at Andrus's like addiction or whatever like that kind of like character research like did you spend time with card vendors and like oh, yeah. going out and kind of really investigating like absolutely. interviews and such like, yeah yeah that all person? that stuff yeah absolutely okay. um yeah i i i've become friends with a, a couple of street vendors but that wasn't until after i, I started the game I, I used to have a fantasy about running my own card but this game certainly talked me out of it mm-hmm. um i don't think i'm quite uh, uh, uh an adult enough to to live up to the responsibility. Thankfully, um, I can scrape by with the bathrobe and coffee cup, and I don't have to, um, you know, go pull espresso shots yet. I mean, we'll see. I'm better <laughs> suited to construction work or washing windows, or, um, you know. If, anyways, my uh, research at, into street vending. Yeah, I mean, I, I talked with a lot of vendors. There's really great um, street street food and, and carts and and coffee in, in all of the cities in which I've lived, mostly uh, in the American Northwest, kind of Idaho, Montana, Washington, Oregon kind of areas. Um, mm-hmm. But also, like, the city websites are super helpful. Um, you know, getting I, most of the food handlers' permits now, you can just take tests online, which is helpful um, oh, okay. in, in researching the game. Um, yeah, I, I did. I, I, since Andrews was a smoker, I since you brought that up, I'll just remark on it super fast. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't know what it's like. If I, you know, um, most of my family members are tobacco users and I'd ask, you know, I'd always heard stories about how, you know, um, having a cigarette, if you're starving can kind of suppress your appetite. You don't feel hungry anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they're relaxing, but they're also a stimulant it seemed very mysterious and, and nebulous to me. So, um, so I start, you know, I got a, a pack of cigarettes just to see what it'd be like. And of course I knew there'd be a workaround, you know, they make you sick for a while and then eventually they're great. I couldn't recommend them more highly. As a matter of fact, they're, they're, pretty fantastic um but yeah as, as research for the game it had to be i felt it had to be done um mm-hmm. to, to understand how these things kind of co-related um so that's part of it uh you know um like is it a certain like just feeling of responsibility to get it authentic or whatever like just to yeah well I, I just i don't want to step on anybody's toes i don't want to get a detail as important as that wrong right um, yeah you right. know and and asking about it um in certain things like for example like you know, living in a really crappy hotel, um, or, or smoking cigarettes, or um, you know, pulling espresso shots. Like, there's so much nuance in these in these things that to just have a conversation about it or research it online and read all the Wikipedia pages, it's just not enough. It's not going to get you there. You got to get your hands dirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
for what it's worth, worth with for the smoking thing, like I'm a smoker, so there are times, there are points of my day where I just know I'll have a cigarette, and I actually try to play through with Andrus, where like this is where I would smoke, like on the way to work or whatever. Mm-hmm. If I got up early, I'm walking to work because he doesn't have very much money, so he would have a cigarette like right before he started or whatever. Then he would take a lunch break and he would have a cigarette right after eating and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird because the way that correlates to my experiences mm-hmm. as a real person, I never actually had to worry about the smoking meter because it right. was always perfect. Good. Oh, yeah. Man, so so, so I, I'm hoping that maybe validates you smoking <laughs> a little bit. So well, it turns out it's its own reward. I mean, it like works said, quite I get, well. Yeah, I get a, I get a lot out of it. Um, get a lot out of it, and uh, you know, I think I'm uh, I, I'm glad the game. Is uh, it sounds like the game might be a little bit better for having that, but also um, you know, I, I'm I'm happy to to be uh, smoking cigarettes. Um, I enjoy them a lot. But anyways, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. There is they are a little bit dynamic in the mm-hmm. game, so where um, man, I I kind of almost don't want to ruin it, but um, you know, some players often wonder if you can get him to quit by not smoking at all, and if you can go a cold turkey week, maybe Andrews won't smoke anymore, and um. And that's of interest to me, and I anticipated that um, interest in players um, because a lot of people are so averse to cigarettes and smoking mm-hmm. that that would be a primary gameplay interest for them. And so that's accommodated as well to in, in different ways and with different um, results depending on how you play it. Yeah. Hmm. Weird. Like as a smoker, I never even considered that. I was just yeah. like, no, he just needs a cigarette every now and then. He's right. good. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I was running into like, why is he coughing? And it's just like, oh, right. And then I'd rant, I'd run out or something, and just have to go make an emergency run to the store. Like it was not in my mind. Like it was a new thing to consider yeah. for this guy. Um, I'm trying to uh, like you. Also, you you did I, in this, this other interview. Um, I can't remember actually where it was. Sorry. Uh, you were talking about um, bringing Andrus to a convention and then feeling really bad about having that happen. Like just it's not the kind of game where you can just kind of pick it up and drop it. So like your characters there kind of trapped doing really poorly standing on the side of the street, wasting time. Um, I'm just like, it's just kind of this, like, how did you come up with the kind of balance between how much the characters are their own kind of personalities versus how much is up to the player? Like, I also kind of was thinking, um, like Melanie won't eat gondola bars past a certain point. She just doesn't like them. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. she has her own kind of opinion on that, that the player then has to go like, all right, well I'll, I'll deal with that because like they're their own kind of defined personality already. Um, so you're kind of creating like a little box with a person in it kind of. Right. Yeah. It's, um, I I suppose, I mean, it's real tricky. Um, I'm, I think that's my favorite thing about games is, the ways in, I mean, like, um, we have this term role playing game. It's always kind of bothered me because, mm-hmm. like, it should be, I don't want to get into, like, this, um, a bullshit semantic debate or anything like that or, you know, voice my complaints about problematic language because that gets really annoying. It's not of use to anybody. But nonetheless, here we go. Um, role playing <laughs> games, that phrase has always really bugged me because this isn't really every game a role playing game, even Tetris or, like, the board game Sorry or something like that. Like, there's still a role, there's a meta game, there's, there's your the fact of your engaging it with it as an enter- a piece of entertainment or a challenge, or that you're getting better at it. Like you're playing a role, 
Yeah. Um, and it's, it, especially in a game with a character, any game with a character. So whether it's a first-person shooter or a puzzle platform, it doesn't matter. Like if you have a character with a character's name, you're playing them. You're you're making their choices. You're acting as them. Um, right. And so for for Cart Life, it, I mean that that's the whole reason why I wanted to make it was to investigate that mystery. Um, and so I kind of just because I wanted to be kind of careful about it, did a little cursory research into you know like um some kind of psychoanalysis fundamentals about like the id superego and the ego and and the ways in which in in order to kind of draw those boundaries like you were saying about um you know it's mostly what the characters are unable to do or they find themselves incapable of that's Mm -hmm. when you see that their personality so it's unfortunately like it's mostly you hear from the player complaints for the most part like Mm -hmm. i'm too tired i'm too hungry I gotta go. I gotta go to sleep. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Whatever it is, or, or their, you know, their anxiety. Melanie gets headaches, and like that's the only time that they're really even saying anything to you directly. But of course, they're only talking to themselves. Um, but there's, you know, there's a, cu- a couple of spots. More, Vinny more so, where he's a little bit more playful in his internal dialogues. So there's a little bit more reward there. But um, yeah. Uh, I hope people don't think that Melanie's addiction is that she loves her daughter. It's that she's picky about food and she doesn't, she gets sick of food quickly. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, there's little stuff like that. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I mean, you have to be in control of their lives and their actions and, and their decisions and, you know, the, how they respond in conversations. Um, that has to all be up to you. Otherwise, none of the rewards would be rewarding. None of the, like, um, like, have you have you gotten feedback where people are getting kind of frustrated with not being able to work past a certain point and such, or like, because for me that kind of elicited a lot of empathy. Like, it's just like, yeah, it's like midnight. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. Like, we gotta get back. Mm-hmm. Like that kind yeah, of. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, mostly when um, people have gotten to the point where they're gonna um, voice a grievance with me, which mm-hmm. I'm always happy to hear it. I mean, I'd, I'd love to hear every thought on this game. I I know it. I don't know if that like dampens my artistic integrity or my credibility or something, but I'm just I love hearing people talk about their experience with the game because they're so different and they're so like people are doing half of the work. They're they're creating the game, right? Half of it at least, maybe mm-hmm. maybe three quarters of it. You know who knows? Um, they're they're just as responsible for this game as I am. So that's why I like hearing um, people's experiences. And so um, when they when they do. Uh, voice agreements with me it's it's always just that there are bugs and that's something that oh god it's going to torment me endlessly until the until i die is that you know if if you i've worked in a lot of other mediums kind of unsuccessfully but if you write a book and you um you know put a semicolon instead of a colon yeah it doesn't slam shut in the reader's hands or burst into flames right um, yeah you're you're like oh there's a typo if you even notice it and then you just you blow right past it right right Mm -hmm. um or maybe maybe at best you think it's um, some kind of like a, a quirk in the author's sensibility, you know. Um, if if you're um, you know it's it's mistakes in visual art most often that are most interesting or most um, indicative of an artist's sensibilities. It's the shortcomings or the divergences. Mm-hmm. It's um it's breaking the rules that makes them more interesting. But so you know when you're making a game, there's kind of this tricky balance where it has to be structurally sound. It has to have a you know, a, a programmatic integrity and cart life of course is lacking severely in that regard. And, and so the only way that um, 
people really complain about the game is it's it's most often one of one of two things is bugs. Um, screenshots are very helpful, by the way, if if anybody wants to um, send them in. Uh, okay. But but also that the clock goes too fast. I get that one a lot too. Huh. But I'm not. Um, I'll die before I change the clock. I'll die yeah. before I let you pause car life. Yeah, that's Actually, one of the things I like is that it goes fast. That stress of time is again another extremely relatable thing that yeah. I don't feel a lot of games take into account, which is kind of weird. It's the same with sleep. Like I was, I was trying to think of other games that actually have sleep as an important thing, and then too often it's just like, how is this guy working through the night and then just going on like nothing's wrong? Like why is yeah. there a fatigue meter in some stuff? And I was like thinking like Skyrim has the well rested bonus, so it's like hey, we're not gonna like punish you for not sleeping but we're going to try to kind of encourage it subtly but like i was i guess my question would be kind of like what games with kind of a time like day night cycles time time mechanics and stuff did did you pull from any of those or were you just kind of looking at real life and trying to well yeah i mean it's a it's a combination of them i'd love to claim complete credit for it but um it's it's Mm -hmm. certainly um owes a bit of its lineage to a couple of games specifically um that was a super young human um we had a little uh, atari computer in my home and we played uh my brother and sisters and i uh played the hell out of these games one of them was called sundog uh it's it's a lot like ftl as a matter of fact uh the company who developed this game was called ftl faster than light and it's an old huh. software company and they're long out of business but it's a it's a space sim and it looks a lot like um the ftl that we all now know and love um but they're different in memories anyways my point in bringing it up is that there's copy pasted uh cart life essentially just stole wholesale from this game the uh food and sleep meters um and there's uh like a hit points one up there too and so you have to like eat space french fries and space burgers and drink space beer Mm -hmm. um and then you also have to sleep but there's i mean there's no um there's no more flavor to it than that. It's just a need that you have to satisfy. And so if your character doesn't sleep, he just passes out in public and then everybody steals his shit. So um, <laughs> that's an incentive not to do it. You don't get drunk in a bar and pass out because you'll wake up without a gun and all your money's gone. Yeah. Um, so there's like, it's just a gameplay conceit. It's not a means of, um, not explicitly a means of making you um, feel a greater connection with your player character, who's essentially just an empty vessel. They're just a mask for you to wear to play the mm-hmm. game. Um, but it's an interesting material concern especially in combination with space travel and the way that the game deals with like the vast universe so there's no day day or night cycles but um but you have to sleep and you have to know that you're eventually going to get tired again it's an interesting mechanical concern so i thought like kind of combining that with the real world concerns would give you a better parallel of life i don't i don't know that's what's hoping to do Mm -hmm. right so it's you know stolen but (laughs) or um yeah. I guess my other like point was like or like the clockwork city kind of thing you have going on like with different mm-hmm. people will be at different places at certain times and stuff like was again like was that a taken from any specific thing or well it's it, uh, you know again it, representing real people with real schedules and such. yeah yeah well I guess it was because um, you know I might have stolen it from somewhere and and it slips my mind just now but it also like when, you know, when you put it that way, I just think it seems well, not like stolen, like um, an illusion. Sure. Yeah. Well, I, I probably stole it though. I mean, I steal everything. That's the point. Is that um, there's no original thought here. <laughs> but okay. uh, I, I guess um, it seems like the only logical answer because um, with so much of the gameplay being um, 
self-similar. Like, you know, you're Andrus and you're going to go to Fifth and Franklin and, and until you make a decision to move your stand if you ever do it. And so you're in yeah. the same part of town. And, um, so there has to be – you can't just have the same person coming by. And I, I didn't want to use a representation of a type. You know, I didn't want to have like mm-hmm. um, the cop character represent a bunch of cops and so you're serving a cop. And all oh, okay. Cops like, you know you what I mean? Like named a, characters for everybody. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which that probably does present its own issues, right? Because like one of my critiques of it when I was first playing it was just like it's kind of weird. This cops buying like five newspapers a day. All right. What's yeah. going on? But <laughs> I guess he needs them. I don't. I don't know. Like that. Like, but at the same time, I was th- trying to think like what would the alternative be? It would be like scripting so many characters, and there was already so many that have their own little dialogue and whatnot. Like it's just like. That would be insane. So I'm not going to expect that. That's, it's that's it's crazy. it's got to be done. Yeah, I mean it's 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 one of those tricky things. It's kind of a black hole where like it it has to be done, but the more you do it, the more it's lacking almost. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, mainly because I mean I'm worried because um, the two free characters um, are super stationary, and the pay character uh, Vinny has this bagel cart, and you can push it all over town. You can go wherever you want. Um, mm-hmm. And so if you have a permit. You know, you can sell in a certain part of town and stick around there forever. But, it, you know, it. you can also go to different parts of town and try to sell there and get away with it as long as you don't get busted and, you know, receive a fine. And so that way you see a lot more of the customer behavior um, with Vinny because there's I mean, different player, different characters only visit certain parts of town during certain times of day. And right. so if you, if you only play as Andrus, for example, and you only see Fifth and Franklin, you're only going to see maybe like 10% of the characters in the game. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of a combination of like y- you have to fill the city with a city's worth of people, but then you also have to subdivide them into their own routines in order for it to be realistic too. So that way when you leave Fifth and Franklin, you see people that you've never seen before and you realize that the city's bigger than you thought it was. And that that's all pretty essential too. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that just becomes like exponentially bigger and bigger task the more you – get obsessed about it right so <laughs> no I, i'm i'm very impressed with like how it turned out like, absolutely it's, it's very yeah. kind thanks very much like well it like it's such a i think we were talking about other open world games and it, it kind of well this I, I guess you could call it an open world but it, it gives the sense of a city really well but mm-hmm. if you really look at it it's like well there's like a few dozen people here maybe or a couple like I guess I don't. I don't need to know the exact number of characters in the game. I'm sure you know exactly, but there whatever. are 347 characters in the game. Damn. Damn. Okay. Yeah. No, that's a that's a lie. There's not. <laughs> okay. You have me. See. Yeah, so, that's fine. pretty good. Like well, there's, there's only 347 if you count the dream characters. Oh, okay. Including no, that giant lineup. That's also a lie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm ready now, but okay. Um, Trying to. I'll have to play as Vinny. I like. There's a third of this game I still haven't seen. Yeah. But, um, I, I guess how quickly did the collector's edition run out? Because I was there ready to go, and I was just like, "Oh, it's gone." Like, yeah, it, it was super fast. And what's funny, um, I, I don't know. Maybe it's only funny to me is that um, we we sent him. I, I like the story because it starts out as a brag and it ends on kind of a you know like a fart noise or a sad trumpet because okay. uh, like it's glorious. We we shipped these little cans containing my hopes and dreams to like Malaysia, to Vladivostok. We shipped them to Russia and France, uh, Mm -hmm. Japan, Chile, Germany, all over the world. And, um, only one to the U S and it was someone that I'd never met. It was like a mom. 
Yeah. Um, and she was buying it for her son. So um, thanks a lot, friends and family, for jumping on them collector's editions. <laughs> no, <laughs> but um, but no, they, they did. They ran out um, super duper fast. I had no idea that anybody was ever going to take an interest in this stuff. I really didn't. I, I really can't communicate that clearly enough. I don't want to sound insincere or like falsely modest. Um, I thought it was just going to be me and my friends playing this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when, when people bought those at all, let alone the, the folks who did, um, it, it was a, a, su- a surprise and a real encouragement. Um, for right now, I mean, I'm not sure what the state will be when y'all put the uh, this interview up on your great website, but um, there are some new ones up there now. We restocked oh. and I bought a oh. bunch of uh, tin cans and stuff and drew a bunch of cartoons and things. So they're they're back up okay. there for now, but who knows? They're gonna. What is that edition called? Like, there's the everything edition. Is five dollars? Yeah, it's uh, the deluxe. It's the deluxe edition. edition. Yeah. So deluxe. it's got um a couple of. Th- I mean, thanks for indulging me here. I feel like this is the part where I plug my paperback, but it's uh, a. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a little can. Um, and so the books in the bookstore that I, I mentioned earlier. There's little tiny editions of those books in the can so that you don't have to waste um, Andrus or Melanie or Vinny's time in the bookstore and reading them if you, if you want to know what the stories are. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's little books in the can and um, a little cartoon and some silk and a little, you know, a little, little thing, little feelies, just little feelies, that's all. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, I like the can. Like, I just want the can on my shelf. That's it. <laughs> I can get you one. <laughs> at a price it'll cost I you i know a guy <laughs> um i'm not sure like what to ask really about the igf nominations but like how how did you feel that and when those announcements came in or right, like, I, that... I, I, I gotta tell you a story okay I, i'm sorry about this but i gotta do it no that's, so, that's why we're here yeah um so um oh, I, I didn't want to submit to it um because it's a hundred bucks to submit, mm-hmm. um, and it was released in 2011. Technically, it debuted. Although, I mean, it wasn't really seaworthy, and it wasn't really spoken about um, until January of 2012. But I just, you know, I didn't know. But you know, my my good buddies who who had the faith in the game at that point that I didn't convince me to do so. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I just try not to hold my breath. But of course, I'm a big narcissist, and I'm checking the IGF website every day. Yeah. And uh, one night, I had the craziest, most vivid dreams. Um, and one of them, you know how it is, like when you feel like you're asleep for years and years, and you wake up and it's like five minutes later. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's one of those nights. And um, in the dream, uh, my girlfriend Jenny was in a little canoe, and it was a nice sunny day, and we're on this green lake. And I'm kind of pushing the canoe and swimming below it, you know, um, looking in the mud and seeing the weird stuff that people have dropped into the lake and just kind of seeing what's down there. And Jenny was, she was kind of giving me a hard time. She's why are you interested in all that gross, disgusting stuff at the bottom? Why don't you come up here into the boat where it's sunny and relaxing and comfortable? And we just kind of floated along like that for a really long time. And then when I woke up, it was Jenny calling me frantically she was in boise on a business trip and she's calling me she's like look at the igf and i've got a million emails from you know my friends and, and fans of the game saying congratulations and it was just a it's a day i'll never forget i, I don't want to get too sappy about it but um you know for uh the way that that dream kind of paralleled um you know the way that this girl had encouraged me to make the game in the first place and kind of encouraged me to enjoy it and come into the light to let other people 
enjoy the game and to enjoy it, to be comfortable instead of just being interested in all the sad um, leftovers at the bottom of the lake. It seemed to parallel um, this experience of waking up to the IGF nomination. So it's something that um, I'll never understand. I mean, just the other day I was looking through the entrance um, um, and it just, I, I wanted to see if Proteus was submitted and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe it was last year or will be next, um, but I wanted to see if it was. Um, mainly because I'm, I, I can't fathom that the judges would select um, this game with all of its bugs and shortcomings and um, bladder absence, um, like that they, that they would find it worth remarking on, or, or especially in the, to the extent that they have. It's, mm. it's something I don't think I'll, I'll ever really understand, but I know to be grateful. I know to be very happy about it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Nathan. It sounded like you had something to say. That's why I didn't pipe up after oh, yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, I, I, like it's it's completely unrelated now, and I feel bad because like that was <laughs> that was a very good story, and like, it's like that's the point to end on. But no, I have more questions. Um, Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, I'm just curious. Like, like have you been part of the game jam scene at all? It's just kind of been a thing we've been talking about with a lot of developers, or like oh, I like, always try it and fail. Um, I'm just too slow. I'm just too <laughs> damn slow. I, I've tried a bunch of times to try to make. Um, well, like one of the a game that comes with Cart Life is called Lawn Defender. It's like a little <laughs> throwaway nothing. Yeah. Just a little bonus to put in the can. Um, but that was part of an uh, AGS competition for hour games. You make a game in an hour. Um, oh, wow. And I, I was trying to like build my muscles, my game-making muscles, doing those tiny hour game competitions. And I was always late. Mm-hmm. And the games, were they never worked. They were always just fractured. And some things, some things just simply take longer. I mean, um, some people can sit down and write a novel in a month. Mm-hmm. Um, it just blows my mind. It, it just can't be done. I, I really have to metabolize it and dwell on it. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm the kind of guy who's got to learn how to smoke before I can make a game <laughs> about a smoker, you know? So yeah. I, I'm always really awful at game jams. Um, but they interest me. And, and of course, they're great vectors for creativity and, and excellent work. Um, some of my very favorite games originated as, as Game Jam games. It's probably the same for the two of you, I would, I would imagine. It's definitely been a thing I've been paying attention to more and more lately, and I, yeah, I don't know. It's I guess it's, a lot of it's just kind of the community aspect around it and the networking yeah. and whatnot has been mm-hmm. really valuable. Like, do you get to interact with like fellow developers a lot? Like, Have you entered in the network of people online? Yeah. Well, it's been a weird year. Um, I, I went to GDC last year, Mm-hmm. And I didn't know anybody, and um, it was pretty lonely, but it was also a lot of fun. Like, um, I was in a position where I didn't really have anything to lose, so I told a lot of lies, um, made a lot of friends, made a lot of enemies. Um, okay. <laughs> so it was a good, yeah, I mean, it was a good time, um, and and meeting these folks and kind of um, like game developers tend to, um, I don't want to overgeneralize here, but it's a it's a solitary kind of activity for the most part um, right you know pushing pixels or or kind of configuring code optimizing code it's it's careful work it has a low frustration tolerance so you kind of want to be alone for it without distractions right. so we're all kind of like cave dwellers and so when we crawl out of this um caves and we all get drunk in mutual company um it f- friendships build up real quick mm-hmm. because it's a weird thing that we're doing it's incredibly magical and it's exciting. It's it's of relevance to every conceivable discipline, whether you're a doctor or um, 
a, a cop or a novelist or an advertiser or a mechanic, video games are going to be of interest to you. They, they relate to your discipline. They relate to your craft, no matter what you do. And so, like, mm-hmm. you know, being the people um, who are, uh, you know, trying to acquaint ourselves and learn this craft now, it's super exciting and it's a weird thing. And um, so friendships um, happen fast and they're real meaningful. But um, so my point about GDC is like last year it was, it was weird. I had a hard time, you know, pulling on people's coats. And uh, then I went to uh, IndieCade this um, in October and right. had the time of my life. It was great. Um, game developers are the best people on the planet. Um, so there's just a real different atmosphere there, or like? Well, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't think I'm familiar enough to say, but um, I think that like because GDC is kind of a larger proposition, right? Like it's um yeah yeah it's it's uh, vendors and it's game developers themselves, it's games critics, it's journalists, it's um you know people with really precise jobs in, in software and, and hardware, um you know distributors, licensors, you know attorneys, marketers, writers, actors. Um, you know, the whole spectrum, um, okay, is a yeah. smaller scale. And so it was easier to find your water level, you know, um, yeah. cause it's mostly just other folks who, um, play a certain kind of game with a certain objective. You know, there's kind of a shared interest among the games that were picked for IndieCade that they're more in the realm of arts or they're more, um, kind of deliberately unusual. Or experimental so was, in a lot of ways. Or? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So, the, and also like kind of with le- like less emphasis on, well, you know, you know the score. So, um, yeah, it, it was great. Um, and, and I love my new indie friends like family, but I think that, you know, like it makes the word indie even sillier to use. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, you know, we're not independent of, of anyone and, and I'd like to be less indie, frankly. Um, <laughs> I'd like to have more mutual witness in the world. Um, you know, finding creative Congress and, and good mutual witnesses is tough no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a kind of a solitary job like this one, it becomes especially meaningful. And, and also like getting good feedback, you know, finding out what works and what doesn't after you've been staring at a game for four goddamn years, you need a new pair of eyeballs. And, um, you know, if a game's not ready to float to the public and you want to show it to somebody else who's kind of has the same goals that you do or the same tastes, mm-hmm. um, it's of use. It's, it's of use to, um, make these mutual coins. So it's been, it's been great. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm, maybe I'll just never get over the idea that, uh, the phrase indie community is an oxymoron. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I guess like into more general kind of, and I guess sort of related to that, but like what kind of games are you playing nowadays or like, or have you been able to at all? Or yeah. <laughs> it seems to be a thing that happens is like a lot of developers can't play games anymore because they're too busy. That's a damn lie, I think. Whoever's <laughs> okay. told that is, is lying through their teeth. It's got to be the same for the two of you, that mm-hmm. there's this kind of trap. And it's super interesting, and I don't think... It's it's like easy to disregard this dilemma, but I think that we got to really just put both hands on it. And it's the fact that when playing games is part of your job, yeah, that you can sit there and play FTL for 48 hours straight and be like, it's research! <laughs> I'm I'm reviewing this or I'm I'm learning from it in some way and I'm not yeah. just falling victim to it. Mm-hmm. Um you know or you know that some games are of that variety and of course car, car life isn't. You're not going to play car life for you know more than a few times if at all. Um 
but you know you still get the same rewards for it. But my point is like on um, you know certain games like I don't know Dwarf Fortress FTL, um, Minecraft is probably that way. I'll bet sport games uh, kind of have this effect on people too. Um, console games too. Spelunky is this kind of way where it's a kind of um, addictive that's probably the wrong word but they're time consumptive and they're dynamic enough to be different each time and so they're unknowable their their flavor stays long after you've um been chewing the gum right so um it's 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 maybe a trade hazard i don't know what the what's the word like a professional (laughs) uh pitfall for both developers and for games critics and journalists and Hell, I mean, all those people that we just talked about, you know, uh, even, you know, copyright attorneys are probably playing a lot of FTL, even though they've got to go pick up their daughter from school. So, yeah, um, yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it, it just may sound like something you could fill out a, like, claims form for. <laughs> right. It's just like, I played four, seven hours of FTL. Couldn't help it. I don't know. <laughs> Productivity's down, but yeah. <laughs> it's, so it's, yeah, I mean, it's tricky. Um, so, yeah, um, I try to temper it. I mean, it's, it's tough mm-hmm. and it's a struggle for me because I, I really enjoy those games. I love how well crafted they are, and I'm constantly at work stealing everything I can from them. So that's a big part of it. Um, but also, I think it's important. I mean, for just for me, I, I certainly don't want to make the presumption that this would be important for anyone else. But I find that it's good for me to kind of cross train, if you will, mm-hmm. by sitting on my butt and doing other leisure activities like reading books or watching movies, especially animated shorts and, and, you know, listening to a lot of excellent live music, I think is also <laughs> extremely important, but it's not lost on me. Like that these cultured. Are, yeah. But it's not lost on me that these are fucking leisure activities too. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like I'm really actually working or, or, you know, bettering myself in some, uh, acquaintance with toil. Um, these are self-involved means of making my own life better and so they're kind of ingrown, um, and so I can regard them as, you know, um, you know, professional virtues as much as I'd like, but they're not helping anybody but me. <laughs> yeah. So you got to do the other stuff too to kind of balance it out, I suppose. But I'll leave that up to, to the two of you. you know? <laughs> so, are, are, like, are there any highlights of recent days? Like you mentioned, Proteus, uh, Splunky. Oh, man. Yeah, like I'm, I'm assuming those are from experience as well. Minecraft, FTL. Yeah. I haven't played Minecraft, and I probably should just for professional vocabulary. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I've I've tried a couple times. I just I don't get pulled in. I've played a shitload of Minecraft. Okay. <laughs> there you go. That's your testimony. That's all. Yeah. That's that's it right there. Um, I, I, it's hard for me to imagine getting much out of Minecraft that I w- hadn't already, um got from Dwarf Fortress, I suppose. Right. Okay. Which, which is a game that I've, I love dearly. Um, but also, um, I guess just as games, all the IGF nominees are fantastic. Proteus, of course, is great. Um, let's see. I, you know, I, I, I finally, I have to say, I can tell you guys, I can give you an exclusive here, that Gone Home is a real game. Oh, It, do, okay. it does okay. exist. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I talked, uh, I had the pleasure with... Um, of sharing beers with uh, Steve Gaynor from from uh, Fulbright Company, mm-hmm. yep, and his whole team, I suppose, was up there. And uh, having beers with him was great, but I, I had to admit to him that I thought that right, like it's not really a game, right? Like the game is that it's it's like a piece of performance art, isn't it? It's like the game is the fact that 
you're telling us that there's a game and there's screenshots and <laughs> judges are saying conflicting things about it and right mm-hmm. like that's the game right he's like no it really does exist and so he was really kind enough um or maybe i just got him drunk enough to where he sent along uh, an ftp and i got the chance to play it and it's super super good um okay but it's of the it's, it's of, of the kind um where the rewards are kind of self-evident and you don't need to play it for 48 hours to get to get the full flavor to get all the nutrients it's um Okay. self-evident which is super interesting because the amount of work that's gone into it is also easily appraised it's i mm-hmm. mean the degree of care that's gone into making this i mean like all of the little household items the pens the you know the bars of soap the shaving cream notes envelopes um you know game pieces dvds all, all the stuff that's lying around in this home is fully rendered in, in 3D and you can pick it up and, and screw around with it. It's um, mm. and it's and it's done for your pleasure for the fact that it's it's it's, it's rewarding because on its, it's own. interactive, right? Exactly like right. Just just that like it's no fully number realized. pops up on the screen. It's just yeah, exactly. You can right. touch so, it. Yep. that's interesting. That's yeah. kind of like the conversation we were having with Calvin French about his game, like his ambition oh, to yeah. make as that's much true. of that world as like interactive as possible makes it mm-hmm. feel re- real. Yeah, even real. if it doesn't look real. Yeah, you know, yeah. so that, yeah, that that sounds really really cool. Um, I have, I have yeah, to say, um, uh, since I'm ta- you know talking about other games, um, mm-hmm. I, I really feel the urgent need to remark on it. I mean, maybe it's redundant because a, a lot of folks are familiar with the pleasures of these games, and, and yet some folks aren't. So I like to play it safe and just remark on it anyways. And it's that there's a lot of super super good work being done um, in. Um, t- twine games and interactive fiction right now. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. There's, uh, I mean, there's so much out there, uh, but maybe the two of my f- most favorite games from last year were um, a game by Emily Short called B, and it's about a girl who's homeschooled and she's studying to be a spelling champion. It's incredibly well written. It's, um, it's very rewarding in all the ways that video games are, and in a lot of unusual and atypical ways too. It's super good. Super, super good, and it's fast and dynamic. It's great. I can't recommend it more highly. Also, um, just for just for flavor, uh, Porpentine made a game called uh, Howling Dogs, which um, and and many many others. Um, but the one that was most to my taste was this uh, just vibrant nightmare called uh, Howling Dogs, which is just browser based. It's text, and um, there's no parser. You just click on hyperlinks to interact with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unbelievably good. It's mind blowing, and so um, it's not for everybody because um, it doesn't have a lot of the signifiers of video game rewards, and you know, there's no uh, graphics, there's no you know sound effects and audio, or you know, the, the systems that interact are obfuscated. They're hidden. They're it's not exactly clear how your choices are affecting your experience with the game, and, mm-hmm. and that to me is is extremely interesting. There's so much good work being done. Andrew Plotkin is kind of messing around on iOS devices. He's um, written some real classic uh, interactive fictions um, pieces, but uh, you know, kind of his experiments with um, the iOS and comics and stuff is super interesting too. So there's a lot of weird, um, less conventional gaming stuff that's going to, um, I mean, it's already manifesting now in some of the most exciting work, I think. Mm-hmm. I guess that 
that that kind of just brings me to like uh, just thinking over like how vastly different things that can be described as video games can be like i'm just yeah. curious like like going forward or like are, like are you going to continue kind of in the same vein as cart life or like are, are you exploring completely different stuff like i, I was about to play uh this 47 percent game you had post on oh, your yeah. site but um well, that's that was kind of just um more of in the capacity of a political cartoon um i'd never done okay. anything in unity before and uh my awesome editor uh at gameological's name is john tady mm-hmm. who's a hell of a writer um and he's also the world's most patient and um perceptive editor uh he he said sure um let's take a gamble and see if you can make a game about this 47 percent video in two weeks so mm-hmm. did it did it in unity and unity's great but um i don't know if like are you gonna I mean, explore not, the form or like you know yeah well i i suppose like i honestly like to answer your question nathan i didn't think that um i was gonna make games after cart life um oh, okay I'm gonna be doing other other stuff maybe um more in the realm of uh Maybe film or or writing or something. Okay, because um, like just... I because I assumed that it was going to fail like everything else I do. Um, oh, okay, I, I so it wasn't just so, so taxing or anything. But yeah, I just I wasn't yeah. really happy with the way that Car Life came out, and so I was kind of ready to move on to something else. But I think it's kind of gotten to the point where I have to take everybody's word for it, and then maybe try their patience a little bit further. And so the the games that I'm going to make um, in the future, and they're almost out the door. There's one. Um, in, if in the way that Cart Life is a retail simulation, this next one is a murder mystery, mm-hmm. and then um, after that, there's a game kind of about typing. So um, they're they're gonna maybe be a little bit. I think they have the same objectives and they try trying to accomplish the same things, but um, just kind of getting to know programmatic logic, um, mm-hmm. and you know how games work and stuff is is really interesting. So um, maybe maybe it's worth making a few more and, okay. you know, until I go completely broke and then I got to go back to work. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I guess like the advice question, should we just do that? Just, <laughs> we do that all yeah. the time. Uh, it's just like, sure. Hey, to any aspiring game developers, do you have like a phrase or a word of advice um, to those looking to get into this, this field, I guess. I guess I got two, two okay. pieces of advice. The first is invest in a good bathrobe. Okay, yep. And secondly, don't seek out and especially don't listen to advice. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's my second one. That's good life advice, actually. The first one especially. I sp- <laughs> but yeah, the first one, bathrobe's always going to come in handy. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, it's weird that people would ask me for advice. Um, I got... I get emails occasionally from mm-hmm. from game developers who want to know, and I like I I try to honor their intention. Of course, it's extremely flattering, as you as, as anybody would know. It's it's yeah. super, yeah, endearing and, and flattering and justifying and all these things, um, validating, like you were saying, Paul. Yes. But um, but also like I I feel like an imposter a little bit. I always feel like like maybe I've just sadly like i've told a lie well enough that people believe it you know it feels kind of rotten so um <laughs> I, I, I just think like why are you asking me when you could be making a game you know instead of right. listening to me talk about how to make them mm-hmm. learn how to do it yourself I and mean, that's i guess 
like here here's the cliche is that I mean that's what I did. I just um I saw that Cactus and Yahtzee Croshaw and these interactive fiction authors were just they just picked up the tools and learned how they worked and they made a game. And you can do that now. Um, it, it wasn't always that way. And, and I mean, maybe it's been that way for a few years now. But for a while, like these game development tools were proprietary and they cost a lot of money. And you had to license them and work as part of a team. It had to be your, your calling in life. It had to be your day job. Um, but now you can, anybody can do it. Any, anybody can make a game. And it's, yeah. it's a lot easier than it seems. Like programmatic coding and scripting and stuff, it's not voodoo. It's not... It's just instructions. So you're just telling the screen. It's like puppetry. That's all it is. It's like verbal puppetry. So right. It's, yeah. Well, let me validate you once more by saying oh, no. that that's generally the consensus that all the other indie developers have said. Just like they're basically like, no, just go make a game, finish it. That's yeah, my advice. Start something. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's because um, selfishly, I mean, like I listened to Miguel. I could listen to that guy talk all day. I love his accent. Miguel? Uh, Sternberg, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Calvin French. I listen to all you guys' podcasts. And uh, I was thinking, yeah, as, when this question came up, I'm like, yeah, it's, it, it must be that selfishly, I think we want to see new stuff. We're relying on new blood to replace us or at least keep us honest because if we get complacent and we keep playing the same tricks. Right. And if I give explicit advice about how to make a game, for example, and then people make games like mine – it's kind of a disservice to the big responsibilities that games – I mean, the, even the word games in this old debate about how it doesn't – like you were saying, it doesn't describe what they do very well. And, you know, like Proteus, this whole nonsense it's coming up once again about what's a game and what isn't. It's is, so yeah, tiresome. Is that happening? Like the, the oh, honestly, crying out loud, yeah. So, yeah, so, like that I, seems to be what's happening. It's just like, what do you mean? Like something happens in that game. Like, God, there's stuff. Well, yeah, but even even if it didn't – Right, it's still I mean, an like, interactive uh, space. That, right, you know. but, but the best games, at least for me, um, and, and I'm glad to find I'm not the only one that feels that way, mm-hmm. um, that the best games are the ones that destroy the precedent. We have to find Mario and slit his throat. <laughs> <laughs> because, because games can be anything. In the way that a book can be an automotive repair manual, it can be a recipe book, it can be a life story, it can be the Bible, it can be, what, fuck, every, a spell book. Anything it it could be, it, it the material fact of a book right. makes it, it it makes no dictation on the content. It it doesn't determine the content at all. It's just the vessel, and it's mm-hmm. true for games too. And that's why games is kind of a shitty word for it, is because they can be anything. It can be education. It can be, you know, math worksheets should be replaced with number munchers, etc. Over time, we all know it's the best way to learn anything, and so education is going to change. Journalism will change. Medicine. Automotive repair, all this stuff is, you know, games will will kind of, not games, but just interactive systems will will constitute a larger part of everyone's life and will factor into all these disciplines and crafts. And mm-hmm. so we have to destroy the language and the precedent. This idea that they're toys made for young boys, especially like, or yeah, that they're frivolous or something. Narrow view yeah. of what what constitutes, or like a, a real overly reverent like for the certain patterns and stuff that have already happened like genres or whatever like people need to start mixing those more and couldn't agree more and that and that's why this thing about advice makes me nervous is because i don't want to i don't want people um to do what you do yeah exactly the the fewer the fewer preconceptions that Mm -hmm. a a young developer has the better 
the, right. the stranger, the more brave, daring, wild-ass work that they come up with, it's going to make the world better. The the diversity. The maybe we should retool the question. It's more just like, what did you do, or something? How did you start? And what have you done? Oh, yeah, God. yeah. Just how? That's the question. <laughs> yeah, how? Question mark. And then maybe we should just end on something that is less like trying to sound profound. Like it's not trying to sound profound so much as like but, anybody yeah. listening that's interested in indie games and like stuff. They want to know how people did their game sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But then like at the same time, do you want to give that information out? Like well, that? Yeah, I, I, I suppose I, I would say that the only good things in cart life come from they don't come from other games yeah. because that's just the language that I'm trying to to communicate something to right. you. The, the things in cart life that are worthwhile came from when my life was bad because I took chances. Yes. Um, you know, I, I went out there and lived and, um, you know, I got a, a crappy job and I couldn't make rent or yeah. I had a hard time buying groceries or, you know, I lived in a really shitty hotel for a long time. And, um, you know, like a, the, the stuff that's worth remarking on is um, – it, you know, it just comes from the experience of living life, which ironically, um, I think that the stigma that games have of kind of interceding that or, or impeding, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the stuff of life, um, mm-hmm. I th- I'm starting to think that it might be a little bit valid, even though you live a fuller life for having played good games, bad ones will, of course, stop you from, from living a fuller life. Um, mm-hmm. but also that like, even good ones, um, you know, they, maybe if it, unless they're helping you meet new people or learn something or do something a little bit dangerous, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't know. They can, they can spill over in, into being an impediment pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like I've because of um, Indiecade and, and you know GDC and UCLA. Uh, Games Art Festival and stuff like that on in Twitter, and you guys, of course, your blog and you know uh, other games journalism and cri- criticism. I've led a fuller life, so it's kind of this tricky balance, right? You have um, you know, it's maybe maybe this is the indie equivalent to the work life balance mm-hmm. that um, you know, in in cart life you can you can either work all day and be sure to make money, or you can explore the city and meet new people and have interesting experiences at the expense of having a safe life. Yeah. Maybe that's the equivalent. I don't know. Yeah. And then also with car life, it seems that like my experiences before in my actual life of working convenience, um, like a convenience store specifically working the morning shift, having to cut the banding on the newspapers, fold them nicely, stack them, (laughs) then get the coffee ready and stuff like that. It kind of ties back into this game that mm-hmm. you've made from your experiences and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. there's also an aspect where you really need to live your life and then it will somehow make like for a good game to work. I think it has to work into what you've experienced and then talk to you in a certain way, which yeah. was what cart life did for me. like specifically Andres's thing, like Melanie, I'm just straight up. I can't relate to at all mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the kid thing, I'm not a yeah. woman. I, not living i don't have a sister at all i'm not living there i don't want to do a coffee house or anything like that but like 
with Andres's story specifically, I was going to say this a little bit earlier, but it was kind of weird because there's this whole immigration thing. And his is the first story I started in your game that I tried out. And this whole idea of immigrating to this new land and then you're trying to do your, like, get your money and you have to get your business set up and basically learn the ins and outs of everything in this new place. It's kind of like how when I picked up your game, I'm learning this game for the first time. I'm learning along with Andres because one of the, I was saying this in a previous podcast, like about a month or two ago, how specifically there's a lot of, there have been games that have used the thing where you're like typing to do yeah something but like with those games like text-based games and stuff you can usually cheat the system so like for where it says we cut the banding or whatever like that you could just put like cut in other games Mm -hmm. and then like yeah that's it so it's just kind of weird that along with andres who is also trying to learn english i tried cheating the system and i was failing over and over so like your game was teaching me the system as i was failing as well like I don't know, there is a weird parallel between me and Andres and the whole smoking yeah. thing. Like it's really crazy how I have a cat. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's really crazy how that worked out. Like maybe less so now because I understand how the game works. So now when I start a new game with him, it's an immigrant or whatever, and he's learning this place or whatever. But I had that one moment where me and him were on the same page. We were both new to this new experience, and that's kind of amazing. So I'm glad to hear it. I mean, it's um. It's to deliver it to some degree that he doesn't he doesn't know the town and you don't. I mean, I guess that's why like amnesia is often a, a common trope in games. Yeah, yeah. Like your character doesn't know who they are, where they came from, um, because they're they have to learn the world at the same time you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it like um, Andres's um, unfamiliarity with the town is is part of it too, but um, also the failure is is part of it too. It it's it's it, it deliberate and 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 it's anticipated that players are going to struggle um and and it's really um discouraging to me a little bit that um when when players are encouraged by reviews to restart if they run into trouble because i you can get the ship upright and you can bail the water and yeah that's that's kind of the the anticipated playthrough is that i know it's 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 unnecessarily harder. It seems so. But so is the first day I, of like, work. Like the first day of my job, I sucked at it. That's yeah. just the way it goes. You get better. Mm-hmm. There was. Yeah. I just feel bad. Like there was only one time where I restarted, but I did. I saw no way to correct it. It was when I bought all the coffee stuff without cups. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was already in debt, so I was just like, I, can I get a credit card or something? Like, I, I think I'm just done. Like, That's, do you know if there's any way to get out of that, that hole? Yeah, there's always a way. Um, okay. Well, I, there, there, I, I've anticipated that a lot of these dead ends are going to get run into but and, and tried to, like, give you alleyways to duck through. But I, I shouldn't yeah. say that there's always a way because I don't. I don't know. The game's open enough to where right, you know, like that was the one gonna... time I felt like I just totally failed. That <laughs> did character. you um did you go to the pawn shop and sell stuff? I yeah, I was like oh, I'd only get like eighty bucks for my watch. Like I, I was still pretty deep because I went and bought a bus pass and all this stuff too. Okay. Before. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe you're right. Nick. I you didn't buy cups. <laughs> I didn't buy cups for my coffee stand. It was the dumbest thing ever. Like, I felt <laughs> like. 
Melanie would have made a better choice. I uh, it's a pre- it's a pretty common um, mistake. I mean, it's um, okay. forget the most obvious thing. Um, yeah. it, I mean, even street vendors make that mistake all the time. You just like any time you leave the house without your car keys, yeah. it's just on a bigger scale, you know. The first well, I mean, time I played through, I didn't know there was a watch. So. Yeah. Like, I mean, you obviously accounted for there being no cups because there was dialogue for it. Like, she was yeah. like, hey, like, let's first cup of coffee. Let's go. Honorary <laughs> yep. customer. And I was just like, oh, I don't have that. <laughs> yeah. It was a terrible <laughs> moment. But yeah. Well, um, some of the characters, I mean, depending on who comes by, they have their own cup and you can just make their drink in, in the cup right. that they brought with them. But okay. some of them don't. Most of them don't, of course. But some yeah. of them do. Do you have one? You, you're a character in there. I am. Yeah. I, I don't have a cup with me. Um, oh, okay. But uh, let's see. There's a few of them. Do um, the, the most uh, obvious coffee addicts, I suppose, are the ones who are probably going to have a cup with them. The dude that comes by like every minute asking yeah. for coffee. <laughs> yeah, he's got one on him for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, I think we should probably wrap. Like there, there was another question that just came up about the antagonism with the landlord or something, but I, I don't know. It's too explicit about my ending. Let's not worry about it. Okay. Um, yeah, Car Life is available right now. Um, Richard Hoffmeyer, thank you very much for, for talking to us. Um, Use this opportunity to where can people get a hold of you and where can they buy Car Life and pimp all your stuff? Oh, sure. Of course. Well, thanks very much. Um, it's It's been a real pleasure talking to you guys. Uh, I, normally, I'd say, you know, um, my website is richardhoffmeyer.com, but that's a lot to type. If you just Google Car Life, it'll get you there. Um, and Twitter and stuff. It's all the same. Just you can find your own way. I, I trust you. If you if you want to find me, I'm, I'm well. Around. We'll put in the show notes. How's that? Look <laughs> in the look show it. notes for all of that. All right. Just I kind of like I kind of like people doing the work themselves. You know, I yeah, want them to have to. Actually, you know what? You're right. We're not even gonna write show notes. So if you're listening to this, you don't know what you're listening to. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks. <laughs>